So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. How you doing? Hmm? Yeah. Doing good? I hope you're doing good. All right. Hey, this is Mandisa. Hopefully you can hear that okay. Let me know. I'm going to go ahead and share this out. Can you guys hear that okay? Let me know, okay? Put a one or something. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> you are. You're looking good today, and boy, this sounds. I... Sounds like uh, what was? You like That's my hair this way, don't you? Yeah, I do. Man, you're, just, you're looking really good today, and I'm trying to block the sun so that my. Ooh, what if I? My camera's trying to adjust. What if I put the block the light in front of the? Nah, I gotta block the light to my face. So that camera. There we go. <laughs> Not the least bit awkward. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> of course, I need my right hand for the trackball rather than holding a book next to my head. So. This is such a great opening today, isn't it? Yeah, it's riveting. 
All right, people. That was Mandisa in her yeah, classic song, Overcomer. This is a song my granddaughter chose for her 5K fundraiser. She hugged me finishing to it. Cool. Well, speaking of that, I have been challenged to run a marathon. There and you I, have. I am not going to take the challenge <laughs> anytime soon. Uh, um, but... We'll talk about that at another time. You're probably wondering why we're 15 minutes late. I'll tell you why we're 15 minutes late. Do you want me to turn that down now? Yes, turn. That's why it's okay. It's the headset that's being overdriven. Do you want me to turn it up a little bit? No, no, no. I can, I can turn my own headset okay. up. So here's the deal, people. I woke up today with a plan. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Sometimes the plans don't work the way that you expect them to. Let's just put it that way. And it didn't. And make a long story short. Uh, to make a long story short, this day just hasn't gone the way that I planned it to. And uh, we're running late. So I told Randall, I said, look, instead of stressing out and trying to start this thing here uh, at... Four o'clock, we're just going to do it late and take our time setting the show up because we were running a little bit late. So turn up the volume. So Gina says the volume is low there. Is it low for anybody else? Wait, I'm just going to go ahead. I'll just see on my own phone how I it is. I think it is now. It's low you, now? Yeah, you turned it down. Sounds fine on my phone. You might want to turn up the volume on your own phone if it's down. <laughs> Maybe that it sounds okay on my phone. Okay, anyway, when you run a massive empire like I do, you know, one person basically. <laughs> it's, yeah, anyway, so I got like three things going on that, that require my attention. And it's like, I'm trying to do this. It didn't work out. And then I'm trying to do this over here. And then I just got landed with something completely different, which I have to do right after the show. So anyway, that's why we're a little bit late. Uh, nothing happened to my dad or anything like that. Everything's good. <sighs> but, so, here's what we're going to do today. Yesterday, um, I interviewed Dr. Jerry Newcomb about his brand new book, American Amnesia. And that was a that was an interesting interview because it didn't take place when it was supposed to either. That messed up my whole day. And anyway, long story short, we got it taken care of finally. But this is the book. There it is right there. Uh, I have a limited number of copies of this for $30. That's that's what we're going to ask for a donation of $30 for this book. If you want a copy, uh, just message me and let me know or pay for it through PayPal and, and I'll send the copy of it to you. I only have a couple of them, so if you want it right away, then let me know. It's actually got a, let's see here, it's got almost 400 pages. It's 300 and... 79 pages and it is endorsed by William Federer, uh, Kirby Anderson, David Gibbs, Star Parker, uh, Joseph Farah, and Dr. Frank Wright, who is the head of D. James Kennedy Ministries, which Jerry Newcomb, if you know anything about Jerry Newcomb, Dr. Jerry Newcomb, then you know that he has been around forever and he has been doing this type of work for a long time. In fact, let me tell you a little bit about Jerry. 
he is the let's see here for he is one of the foremost christian commentators on american culture and government today his modern insights are uniquely combined with his knowledge and understanding of america's history making his commentaries especially important reading for anyone who wants to keep our nation free and prosperous uh, David Gibbs III said that, who is the general counsel of the National Center for Life and Liberty. Uh, Dr. Peter Lilback, who's also a friend of mine, he wrote about Jerry. Jerry Newcomb is one of the most consistent voices defending the foundational significance of biblical Christianity and the Judeo-Christian tradition for understanding the American experiment in liberty. I highly commend this book, given its clarity, coherence, and insightful commentary on contemporary culture and the controversies that flame in the public sphere. Where, if you care about America and the Christian's vital role in civil society, read this book with Karen passing on to many others as well. I will tell you that Jerry has written over 30 books. Uh, I have a lot of them, if not most of them. Um, and he writes simple, so it's not like so heady that you can't understand it. But he's very thorough, and he's one of the best. He's like David Barton. He is one of the best Christian historians out there. Highly respected. He worked with, uh, he worked with um, Dr. Peter Lilbeck on his best-selling book, George Washington's Sacred Fire. Which, by the way, Dr. Lilbeck, here's just a cute, a, a cool story. Dr. Peter Lilbeck is a man of high, like, intellect, and he's, you know, he's got like a curriculum vitae a mile long. I interviewed him many years ago when this book, George Washington's Sacred Fire, came out right before, it was about a year before Glenn Beck had him on his network and it exploded on Amazon. My review is the only review on Amazon at the time when he was on Glenn Beck's thing. And um, I was totally intimidated to interview Dr. Lilbeck because he was just got this big, long thing. And I did this interview with him. It was a half hour. This was in California. So that's how long, it was a long time ago. And then I get this phone call out of the blue uh, about a month or so after it from a guy named Ralph who actually works with Dr. Lilbeck. And he said, hey, Stacy, Dr. Lilbeck asked me to call you and find out if he can meet up with you in California because he was really impressed with how you did your show and he really would like to meet you. Now, what's funny about it is I was feeling like, yeah, like this wasn't the best interview. I was slightly intimidated and blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, Dr. Lilbeck, his friend, um, his other friend, the guy I just mentioned. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph, yeah. Um, anyway, they show up in California, and we meet them at this local re Mexican restaurant at 9 o'clock at night. And um, anyway, I'm, all, I'm nervous and excited at the same time because I was told he wanted to tell me something, and I'm like wonder what he wants to tell me and why why would he want to meet me i'm just this weird woman who does this show to make a long story short me and randall we go in we sit down and dr lilback hands me a copy of george washington's sacred fire autographed and he brought some of his other work with with him and he sat there and he actually said to, to me he said you know what? i want to let you know that my interview was with you was one of the best ones I've ever had. He said, you were so sweet and so kind. And just, there's just so something special about you. I wanted to meet you and, and bless you and bless your ministry and let you know that God's going to definitely use your ministry in a big way. And 
that was probably a year or so before he went, or maybe it was even two years ago before he got, he went on Glenn Beck's network when it first came out and all that. So when Dr. Lilback endorses something and, you know, and it's Jerry Newcomb, who I've also know, you know, have known for a long time. I, I was totally blessed. Randall was at the meeting. He was, he was such a humble man too. And I was just like, and he's short, by the way, he's like my height or something like that. But but it was it was one of those those little blessings that I got way back in the beginning of when I started Bible News Radio because it was not something that happens every day. Um, but if you're into Christian history, you want solid understanding of what happened to America. Uh, you're gonna love the conversation that I had with Dr. Jerry. This was an audio conversation only. He couldn't do video the way I needed it, so I opted to do um, uh, a, 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 just a phone interview and. Uh, but we're so we're gonna play some play the, the the interview with pictures of him and Dr. Kennedy, and uh, you'll hear me and him. But it was a good conversation. We talked about Donald Trump and the book and a whole bunch of controversial things. You'll get a lot out of it. You really will. This is gonna be a meaty interview. Just so you know, you'll probably want to listen to it again because there's just a lot there. And I when I was talking to him yesterday, I said, you yeah, know, we really should have you on more. <laughs> Because I think the last time I interviewed him was like eight or nine years ago, maybe seven years ago. And I'm like, why are we waiting 10 years to interview you? We need to, and I have his phone number. I mean, <laughs> hello, Jerry, can you come back on the show? So I'm going to be doing that based on your feedback. If you enjoy this interview, then let me know if you want to hear more because he will come on anytime I ask him to um, and all that. But we want to thank our sponsor too, Ariel Ministries. Uh, you guys, we are so blessed to have Ariel sponsor us. Uh, they are a wonderful messianic ministry, as you guys know, if you're new, maybe you don't know, but if you're not new, then Ariel, you know, they gave us coupon code. You can buy anything in their store on their website and get 20% off with the coupon code Bible news. I would encourage you to go over to ariel.org. Check that out. Also go to my website and you can look through the resource page. You can buy stuff we recommend there and click through if it's an Ariel resource it will take you to their website right through there as well and i will have randall put up the american amnesia book on that site too we'll we'll price it at 30 dollars so that you know it covers the shipping as well so that you know you bless us we'll bless you with a copy of the book and of course just so you know you could buy us you can buy the book cheaper somewhere else but if you buy it through us then it helps us out okay just so you know, you will get a personal note from me if you buy it from me. I'll say thank you for buying this book for you know through us. So um, I have s five copies. I think five. I might have six. I think five or six copies is what I have. Um, also, if you guys want to donate to the show, you can do that through our website. And let me ask you, you know, if you I know some of you do all the time, and I really appreciate it. It helps us out a lot. But if you haven't donated in a while and you would like to, please consider it. It would be a good time now because we need it. And, um, you know, yes, I am making some money with Legal Shield, but we're <laughs> doesn't make it doesn't pay all my bills. Uh, and I have decided I'm going to be going to California in a couple of months. So I I need some extra money to help with that. Uh, and by the way, if you're listening to this and you're gonna, and you live in Southern California. Uh, I, I will be out there in April for a conference. And so you're in SoCal, come and meet me at this conference. And, or if you're in Northern California, you want to come down to Southern California <laughs> to meet me. 
I know some of you up there do, uh, then just let me know. We'll figure out a way while I'm on the West Coast. This is going to be an interesting trip for me because I'm not going with Randall. It's going to be just me. Uh, so we can cut down on the cost of, of all the expenses because it would cost us a lot more if, I, if he went too. Uh, so you can donate too and just say, hey, this is for your California trip. Um, I'm already going to be staying with a friend, so I'm not going to have to worry about the hotel, but you know, I got airfare and a rental car and all that I got to deal with. So, um, so if you, that's a, that's a need. So if you would consider doing that, then that would be, that would be super great. All right. Am I a teacher? Yes, I am a teacher actually. Don't I look like one? I am a teacher. All right. And just because I'm vain, you like the hair you guys like the hair? I did get it cut and you couldn't really tell the last couple of days, but this is literally what my hair looks like, you guys, when I do nothing to it. Zero zip nada. The only thing I did was comb it, fluffed it up with my hair dryer. <laughs> and it is considerably shorter. I mean, it looks shoulder length, just so you know. But if you pull it down, it actually goes halfway down my back in the back. But it's considerably shorter than it was for those of you who make comments about my hair. Just saying. Okay. All right. Am I forgetting any announcements or anything else, Bareface, that I'm thinking? No? Can't remember. Um, can't think. Did you remember your question? My question? Hey, let's guess question. But I mean, it's nope, not Nope. haven't now. remembered it. <laughs> Just, I have not. I have not remembered that. All right. Okay. So without further ado, here is our interview with Dr. Jerry Newcomb. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, He has appeared on other stellar places like Fox News, C-SPAN, The 700 Club, Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher, Dr. Dobson's Family Talk, Janet Parshall's America, my mentor, Point of View, the Moody Radio Network, TBN, and now, of course, here, Bible News Radio. All right, I got to pull up the audio. Hold on one minute while I pull it up. I guess I should hit play, right? Is it going to play? Okay, well, Jerry, welcome to our Can you show. hear that? I'm so glad that you're here it's with very us. very quiet. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited. First of all, I want to let you know that, um, that you know, I, I would love for you to actually give my enough? audience a little introduction about who you are based Based on, yes, now, you know, just in case down. there's somebody in my audience, which is kind of different than your audience, usually on TV, that might not know who you are. Well, sure. I am grateful to be the senior producer and an on-air host for D. James Kennedy Ministries Television, which uh, has a syndicated program, actually a couple of syndicated programs throughout the country and even around the world. And it's all based on the teaching of the late Dr. D. James Kennedy. What I do is I make a lot of documentary segments or even just full-blown, help to make full-blown documentaries on different issues that are of importance to Christians, uh, you know, in today. Dealing with today's issues from a Christian perspective, and I've had the privilege to write and co-write 31 books now, and uh, this this book, American Amnesia, is my 30th book. I've written several with D. James Kennedy, including What If Jesus Had Never Been Born. I also wrote with Dr. Peter Loback, George Washington's Sacred Fire. And I wrote a book about the faith of Thomas Jefferson, or the lack thereof, 
called Doubting Thomas, and that was with Dr. Mark Belisles. So I'm a busy guy, but a lot of it, a lot of my work centers around the the Judeo-Christian roots of America and how we've forgotten those, and we're really paying a price as a nation for forgetting God. Yeah, you know, I have to tell you, those books you just mentioned, I have those. And didn't you get some flack for the Jefferson one? No. No, maybe that was David Barton I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> as, a fact, as a matter of fact, uh, the Jefferson one came out about a year or half a year after the flack you referred to with, okay. with uh, David Barton. And it's almost as if there were landmines that we saw that we need to make sure we don't step on. And so we were careful uh, not to not to uh, step on those. But I will say this, uh, just a real quick summary. There are two, uh, this is in reference to Doubting Thomas, there are two things that we really tried to show in that book and document. And I believe we, we did achieve the goal. I do. And I'm biased, of course. Okay, but goal one, show that Jefferson was not a lifelong skeptic. Yes, he did doubt some serious Christian doctrines, very core doctrines later in life on a private basis. And uh, who knows where his soul is, but number, he did not do that all his life. So when he wrote the declaration of independence in 1776, it, I think a, a credible case can be made when he's talking about God, he's talking about God, the God, the father, the God, the son, the God, the Holy spirit, the Christian God. And, uh, and in fact, just a quick, quick example, 1777, Thomas Jefferson, and by the way, this fact that I'm about to say, it's in our book, American Amnesia, this new book, Thomas Jefferson was a lay leader helping to found the uh, Calvinistical Reformed Church of Charlottesville. They called a Christian evangelical minister, the Reverend Charles Clay. Our book, Doubting Thomas contains two sermons from Charles Clay. Charles Clay has never been in print to our knowledge ever in the history of of the country. And yet in our book, we have two sermons that he did from 1775. And you read them and you realize this is a man whose ministry Thomas Jefferson supported financially and with his presence there meeting at the courthouse of, of Charlottesville, you know, on a regular basis at this church. This is important to realize Thomas Jefferson was an active uh, professing Christian early in his life. Later, yeah, he had some serious doubts. The second point that Doubting Thomas makes is that Jefferson did not believe in the separation of God and state. Yes, he believed that the federal government shouldn't partake in certain things that even the state governments should be allowed to do, like, like have days of fasting and prayer and thanksgiving. But he felt that at the federal level, religion was up to the states or up to the individual and not the federal government. He did not believe in the separation of God and state. He would not agree at all with the ACLU and Freedom From Religion Foundation, which, which tries to drive out any kind of expression of Christianity in the public arena. He would not agree with that. Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for clearing that up because we, you know, I know I have a large internet audience all over the world and we get a lot, you know, our, our show is live and so we have an open chat room so we can get to see live feedback during the show. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of um, <laughs> we get a lot of trolls come in that will say exactly what you're talking about, except they'll they'll be 
the, they're friends of the atheist complainers, as my friend Gordon Klingenschmidt calls them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and they will they will say, well, what about separation of church and state and all that other stuff? And so we always try to refer them back to the actual history of that letter, where that came about. But yeah, just real fast, the the founders intended with the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's what they say. That's how it starts out. And what they intended clearly was that there would be no national denomination. Period. Actually, several of the states had state churches in effect at the time that they adopted the First Amendment, and they were never declared unconstitutional. The last one to go was Massachusetts, 1833. But the bottom line is there would be no Church of America, just like you had the Church of England. That wouldn't be the case in America. This gave freedom to the Presbyterians, to the Anglicans, to you know, the Baptists, the Methodists, etc., and so, you know, the idea, though, that the separation of church and state, as the founders would have understood the term, uh, is totally different than what the ACLU and the atheists today are trying to impose. For example, there's a cross that was made by people after World War One in the 1920s in, uh, in Maryland. And this beautiful cross was a memorial to those who had fallen in World War I from that particular area. And uh, this Bladensburg cross, I believe it's called Bladensburg, Maryland. So anyway, here's the bottom line. The, the states, because of eminent domain, they decided to appropriate some land uh, in order to create a highway going through this certain section. All of a sudden, this, this cross that had been built on private land now was on public land. Oh, and this is a violation of the separation of church and states, you know, says uh, the atheist. Tear down that cross. That's what they're saying. This is a case, by the way, that's going to go before the United States Supreme Court in this particular term. So it's, it's a, a lively case. But this is a perfect example of the kind of stuff that the founding fathers would not have agreed with. They would not have agreed with the American Humanist Association, which is the atheist group that brought this lawsuit. They would agree with those who had, who had created that, that cross. I mean, George Washington, when he was sworn in, uh, you know, in the first inaugural uh, inauguration, uh, he uh, put his hand on the Holy Bible. He even leant down or leaned over and he kissed the Holy Bible. Then he led everybody across the street or nearby to St. Paul's Chapel, where they participated in a two-hour Christian worship service for the new country. I'm talking about, you know, this is what happened on April 30, 1789, the first inauguration ever in the history of the country. Uh, George Washington participated in communion in that in that particular thing. They served the Lord's Supper in that two-hour Christian worship service at St. Paul's Chapel. So, the idea that the founders intended America to essentially be a secular wasteland is just totally untrue. And it's, all it's done is it's, it's created a lot of little atheists, uh, modern-day atheists, and uh, some of them go out and get guns, and they come in and they start shooting up people in schools. And I mean, seriously, when we had prayer in the schools, we never had any kind of the stuff that we're seeing happen in our schools. We have forgotten God, and that's why we're reaping all these terrible, terrible consequences. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I could totally listen to you all day. <laughs> oh, 
I just, uh, oh man. See, this is why I love your work and why I, I pretty much have all your books because just saying. Okay. Oh, you're the one. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But that that's good. No, I appreciate that. And uh, I really do try and write from the heart. I mean, this book well, about American amnesia uh, is basically a hundred. It's a collection of more than a hundred essays that I've written. They're short and sweet, but they, they, you know, make a whole, I hope uh, a powerful point. And, uh, and I also have an index so that you can, you know, what was that quote from Mark Twain? Oh yeah, there it is. Where was that part about Obamacare? Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Well, you know what I like about your writing, though, is that it's simple. You know, you're not using, like, you know, lawyer language that I can't understand. You, you write them very simple, you know, so that even I can understand it, which is nice. Oh, well, thank you. That's a high compliment, actually. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I have a master's degree, but it doesn't mean that, I can, you know. You know yeah, no, I, you know, it's funny. I I have a friend, Matt Barber. Uh, do you know him, the writer and so forth? Yeah, good. And he and I were talking one time and, and I was saying how here I've written all these different books. Uh, and then I started transitioning into, in addition to still writing books, but writing these weekly columns. Uh, and I realized, and he and I both, you know, agreed it's almost like you have to break things down into simple uh, measures or whatever, simple uh, communication so people can understand, you know, kind of bring the cookies down the shelf. So it's right there. So people <laughs> can understand and everything. And it's so true. And in fact, our attention span is, um, is really, uh, you know, short these days in modern America because we're bombarded with so much media and even social media, even in our, in our phones, we have available, you know, videos to watch and things like that. So these little columns, in some ways, you can, you can have a lot of information in them, but they, hopefully they pack a punch and, and you know, a good one for, uh, for getting the truth out about our Christian roots and about the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And see, the and what I was going to say is the reason why that's important is because um, our churches, by and large, don't actually teach Christian church history. They don't. I mean, <laughs> and so, yeah. so there's somebody like you who, you know, here you are, you're, you're, in, you're steeped in that. And that's what I loved about. Um, Dr. Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved about him because. You know, I mean, I became a, a Christian in the mid-80s. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And the, Dr. Dobson was my one of my first influences. And then, of course, Dr. Kennedy. And then you, because, I mean, I, I followed your work before you were a doctor, you know? <laughs> oh, wow. Because <laughs> you were going through your doctorate, getting your doctorate. Um, I remember that. And it's, it's like, but all your books and his books, Dr. Kennedy's books, were just so easy to understand because for somebody like me who... I was raised in America, but I don't really know the history of America. And yeah. I wasn't raised in the church, so I didn't get it. So your um, this book, American Amnesia, um, what what is it that I mean the subtitle here is, is is America paying the price for forgetting God the source of our liberty? What is it that comes through in all the stuff that you see? Because I mean you're right there on the front lines with with your TV show and, and all of that that you hear from people as they try to share like the truth. Cause I mean, we are really up against billions of dollars that lie yeah. 
against who we are. And, and then you got yeah. your ministry. I have my little ministry and we're out there yelling and screaming, look over here. No, this is the truth. <laughs> you know, I, I'm reminded of the old phrase, and I believe this is attributed to um, uh, the Daniel Moynihan, a liberal, but moderately liberal senator from New York. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, we're all entitled to our own opinions, but we're not entitled to our own facts. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to America, there's a lot to be said for the Christian roots of America and how important this is. For example, the founders said that our rights come from the creator. Well, when our rights come from the creator, they're non-negotiable. Uh, if they come from the generous hand of the state, to use a phrase from John F. Kennedy in his uh, first, well, his only inauguration address, inaugural address, uh, he said that the rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but they come from the hand of God. That idea is exactly what is stated in our nation's birth certificate, the Declaration of Independence, which Thomas Jefferson wrote the first main draft of that. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is really an important point. The creator is a key to the rights that we have. What's happening today in modern America through much of the liberals, uh, well, uh, let me say the left, okay, through you know, much of the influence of the left, they're trying to make it out as if God somehow in the public arena is unconstitutional. Well, that's nonsense. The Constitution was written in the year of our Lord, meaning our Lord Jesus Christ. It was written in the year of our Lord, 1787. It refers to him, but more importantly, it is predicated on the Constitution is predicated on the Declaration of Independence, which mentions God four times and says that God is the source of our rights. And I'll tell you, when you look at the history of America, especially in the settling era, you know, beginning with Jamestown, 1607, and then jumping ahead to the, the Pilgrims in 1620 in, in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and you go to the Puritans, and then you look at the Quakers that founded uh, Pennsylvania, and you look at all these different colonies, and then you get to the settlers, the founders, rather. You see there's a common theme of sacrifice and of commitment generally to Jesus. I mean, that's the bottom line. There was a commitment to Jesus, and here's something that a lot of people miss. The biblical idea of covenant, the biblical concept of covenant, where people would make an agreement before with each other under God, this idea of covenant ultimately uh, got enshrined in our Constitution and our Declaration of Independence. In other words, the here, here's a quick example. The first such covenant is the Mayflower Compact. In 1620, the pilgrims came over here. They got blown off course. They were 500 miles away from where they should have been, and they created an agreement for self-government as uh, you know before they even set foot on american soil disembarking from the mayflower it's called the mayflower compact it's the first in the process of creating the u.s constitution about 150 years later in the name of god amen we whose names are underwritten having undertaken a voyage for the glory of god and the advancement of the christian faith that 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 do covenant and combine ourselves into a civil body politic 
They made this agreement for self-government. This was the first of about 100 or so, mostly Puritan, uh, contracts, compacts, frames of government, constitutions, etc., leading the way to we the people. As Donald Lutz of the University of Houston puts it, he says, you basically, you, you morph from we whose names are underwritten in the Mayflower Compact, 1620, to we the people in the U.S. Constitution, 1787. I think this is a really key point. Uh, th- to this day, Constitution, I'm sorry, Connecticut likes to call itself the Constitution State. Why? The Constitution was written in Philadelphia, which is Pennsylvania. But the answer is because there was a Puritan document written in 1639 that was inspired by a sermon, and that Puritan document is called the Fundamental Orders of Connecticut. It was the first full-blown constitution on American soil, and it talks about in the con- this constitution, this is why Connecticut calls itself the constitution state. Very liberal Connecticut is today, but it wasn't always that way. They talked about the reason for this colony is the purity and the liberty of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, these the Puritans sacrificed so much, gave so much, we owe so much to them, and we just, uh, you know, malign their memory. Uh, All people know about the Puritans is the ugly, ugly chapter that was thankfully short-lived, 1692, the Salem witchcraft trials, which ended, by the way, when one of the Puritans who was off in England to help secure more, uh, you know, uh, you know, regulation and so forth for Harvard, make sure it was secure and for the colony. He comes back to America. He finds out about the witchcraft trials. He finds out that 19 people have been executed unjustly. He says, wait a minute. The Bible says all people must be convicted by two or three witnesses. What you're doing here is terribly unbiblical. And he confronted them and he, they, they realized he was right. I'm talking about increased Mather. They freed, they opened the jail. They freed all those people. It was an ugly chapter. They repented. They, they weeped and wailed. They even destroyed the city of Salem and then rebuilt it two miles away in a different location. I don't know why they came up with the same name, though, because it was so discredited. But anyway, you can read about this in Paul Johnson's book, A History of the uh, American People. But he talks about what was so amazing about the witchcraft trial was not that it happened. He said it's the way they dealt with it afterwards when they realized they had made this terrible, unchristian act and so forth. And uh, anyway, the Puritans, I'm telling you, they gave us so much. We have, you know, the civil rights, uh, the, the, the first statement of civil rights in America, 1641, the Massachusetts Body of Liberties, a minister who was also a lawyer, went through the Bible and showed these are these different rights that we have uh, as our civil liberties, and they wrote all this up. The Puritans, they come in mass in 1630. Within six years, they start a school in order to train ministers so that uh, the, the gospel can go forth, uh, you know, in, in Boston there and in, in Massachusetts, and, that, and the name of that school, of course, is Harvard. Puritans started Yale. The Puritans started Dartmouth. Uh, you know, it just goes on and on and on. Their, their contributions to our civilization are felt on a daily basis. And yet, you know, uh, people forget all this. They forget what 
the founders of this country and before them, the settlers sacrificed to do to give us this kind of country. And uh, we forget all these things to our peril. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I agree. I totally agree. And you know, what's interesting is that the current generation, like under us, is not better than me, I don't think. But like, what's that? The current generation, what? Under us, like, you know, our children and our grandchildren. Oh, yeah. They're just not taught. They, I mean, they're not taught this history. They're taught revisionist history. I like to refer to the History Channel as the revisionist history channel. Uh huh. Just as an example, because it doesn't, they usually don't, I mean, they leave all that stuff out. Everything you just said, you'd never hear on the History Channel. Just, you just wouldn't. Uh, so that's kind of, kind of interesting. Now, I have a question. Um, bringing sure. us to our current day. Now, you know, President Donald Trump yesterday just tweeted out that he was super excited, and, and this is my words, but it's basically what he said. He was super excited that the Bible is now trying to get back into schools, right? Um, what's, your, what's your take on him and how he's leading America and, uh, you know, and supporting Christians and churches these days? All right. Well, first of all, let me say uh, I'm thankful for him. I, you know, uh, was kind of surprised of, you know, following the whole or early on, I sort of felt like, well, you know, are there some character questions here in reference to him? But but honestly, Donald Trump has pleasantly surprised me uh, overall. I mean, the judges he's been appointing have been terrific and many of the different things he's been doing, trying to help Christians who are persecuted in these other countries and defeat ISIS and, and take that stuff seriously, I I think has been commendable. Uh, in reference to uh, the Bible and the public schools, let me just say this. It was the Bible that gave birth to the public schools. A few moments ago, I was mentioning the Puritans. Well, uh, one of the things the Puritans did in the 1640s, within you know 12 or so years of them coming to America, they implemented public schools. In fact, they had a law called uh, the Old Deluder Satan Act. And the, yeah, and the the reason that it's got that strange title, they said something like it being one of the chief uh, delusions of that old deluder Satan. It one of the chief ends of that old deluder Satan to keep people from the word of God. In other words, they said because Satan tries to keep us from the Bible, what we're going to do is we're going to counteract that. We're going to teach our children how to read the Bible. But in order for them to know how to read the Bible, they have to know how to read and to know how to read and write. And so therefore, literacy was mandatory to the Puritans. And so this uh, you know, became something that they, they took so seriously that throughout New England, uh, John Adams, again, around uh, the year 1800, John Adams said that to find an illiterate man in New England is as rare as a comet. I mean, it was just really strong. Now, that was not the case if you were to go further south. So, in other words, let's say you went to Virginia. Uh, there, a lot of people would be literate, but not to the same degree as in New England, where it was far more thoroughly uh, influenced by by Puritanism. But even still, in Virginia, there still was a lot of of Christians and Christian activity. And George Washington was a very dedicated Christian as an Anglican. 
And uh, so I don't mean to imply, you know, otherwise, but, but the Bible gave birth to the public schools. The Bible was the chief textbook in one way or another for more than 200 years or so in, in American education. Now, obviously, I'm starting at the colonial time. The, uh, many of the founding fathers, they learned their ABCs from the New England primer. A, in Adam's fall, we sinned all. B, thy life to tend the Bible. I'm sorry, thy life to mend the Bible tend. C, Christ for crucified died for sinners, you know, for sinners died. So in other words, it's, it, 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 the kids learned their ABCs. They even learned the Westminster catechism, shorter, the shorter catechism, the Westminster confession of faith, shorter catechism. It's actually there inside that short little new England primer. This is how they learned uh, these children and they were taught. And this includes, you know, Ben Franklin and John Adams and Samuel Adams and, John Hancock and Paul Revere, certainly all the founding fathers from the New England area learned that way. And uh, so anyway, there's a rich tradition. One of our founding fathers, Dr. Benjamin Rush, Mm -hmm. said that if we ever uh, get to a point in the schools where the Bible is not included, he said, then I fear we're going to end up having to pay for um, you know, crime prevention and, and police efforts and things like that. Wow. He said that, you know, this is in the early 1800s. And uh, so it is, I know, it is an amazing thing. It's like D. James Kennedy once said, well, they kicked God out of the public schools and now in his place, they've had to install the metal detectors. Yep. Well, President Trump, I just pulled up his tweet so I could read it. He wrote, numerous states introducing Bible literacy classes, giving students the option of studying the Bible. Starting to, yeah. make, starting to make a turn back, question mark. Great. And that thing was retweeted uh, over 46,000 times. <laughs> Good. Just so you know. Well, and, I, you know, and let, let, me, let me say something. Um, this is because you may have some atheists or something in your audience. Well, There's think- a book that came out about 10 years ago and it's uh it was uh richard dawkins it's called the atheist delusion mm-hmm. or i'm sorry the god delusion that's what it's called the god delusion he's an atheist and i read it word for word and uh, it was well written by the way I, I i i was surprised near the end he said now look okay what i'm about to say keep in mind i don't believe the bible's the word of god keep in mind i think the bible stinks you know all these terrible things but I will say that I think the Bible as literature is quite uh, in, informative and important to, uh, to know and to understand. And he said, oh, look at all these everyday phrases that come, you know, in our they're in our language and uh, they're they're found in the Bible. And you know, it's almost like what he just sort of, you know, almost contradicts himself by it. But at least he's he's acknowledging the influence. And he's saying, literature-wise, the Bible has a very positive influence. And I, I think, of course, it's much more than just literature-wise. But I just thought that was an interesting point. And he has phrase after phrase after phrase that comes from the Bible that we just don't even think about. By the skin of their teeth, you know, turn the other cheek, go the second mile, do one to others, uh, you reap what you sow. You know, it just goes on and on and on. You know, you're really not literate fully literate in our culture if you don't understand uh, the Bible. Uh, even, 
by the way, one of the statistics he has in that book, in that little section, he mentions how often Shakespeare and Shakespeare's plays refer to uh, the Bible. One of the titles of Shakespeare's plays is actually almost a direct quote from the Bible. It's measure for measure play by Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. That's based on the, you know, in, in uh, Matthew 7, another common phrase where Jesus said, do not judge or you will be judged with the ma- same measure you use, that will measure will be unto you or whatever. So that that's where that phrase the title measure for measure comes from. And so anyway, there's all kinds of different ways in which the Bible has impacted us. And we are poor to not know the Bible and even to have the leading or one of the leading atheists of the world say, you know, Hey, everybody at least should know about the Bible uh, because it's so, it's been so influential. The King James version of the Bible in particular is just so beautiful and has been so influential. And I can think about you know, one of the greatest works of all time as far as music is Handel's Messiah. And that's, what, 73 ber- verses from the Bible, 42 from the Old Testament, uh, 31 from the New Testament. But they're all from the King James Version of the Bible. And a fellow named Charles Jennings Jr. compiled all those verses and then handed that libretto over to Handel. And Handel was able to brilliantly set it to music. And that gives us the Hallelujah Chorus and all these other things. The Hallelujah Chorus, by the way, uh, I saw in one – somebody said that it was the most recognizable uh, – beginning of the Hallelujah Chorus was among the most recognizable pieces of music the whole world over. You know, dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's it's we are just so rich because of the Bible. We're so poor as we, you know, move away from the Bible. That is so true. Now, I have a, okay, because the name of our show is Bible News Radio. Uh-huh. And I named it that for a reason, <laughs> right, to intimidate the atheist. No, I'm just kidding. No, actually, I named it, uh, and let me let me show you this, this little story really quick, because it, it really does show you how even our modern media, and just the name with the term Bible in it, um, one of the things that we do all the time is we cover stories where Bibles are reunited with families. You've seen them, right? Uh, a 200-year-old Bible or a 1,700-year-old Bible is located at some swap meet, and somebody opens it up, finds a name in there, and then traces it back to the family, right? 1,700-year-old Bible? <laughs> no, I'm just, that I'm, would be a... Yeah, it's just an example. I'm just you mean from the 1700s, perhaps? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be fantastic. It's just an example, though, right? So sure, sure. These these stories, though, make they make it in the news, or something like a house burns down, and the only thing that's not burned is the Bible. I mean, why is that? yeah, yeah? We see stories like that all the time. We cover those all the time, and I always, you know, make make a point to tell people these stories aren't being highlighted with the Quran or the Book of Mormon, or you know. The book of witchcraft i mean it's just, it's just not like we're, they're not newsworthy but because it's the bible they are well i have a guy who um who contacts me to get guests on the show and recently um he was pitching me some very high level secular people who are in regular tv uh, of shows I would never watch personally because I don't have TV first of all, but but I just wouldn't watch them because they're raunchy. I mean, let's just face it, they're 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 rated R type TV shows on TV, 
And um, anyway, so he came to me and he said, well, like, what type of guests would you want? And I said, well, you know, I'm trying to reach people who, who watch these shows because they don't know the Lord. So, you know, I'll pretty much take anybody as long as they understand that, you know, I don't want them to use the F word or something like that during the interview. Well, he, he started pitching Bible News Radio as, as a venue <laughs> for these people. And I got an email. I just, I'm sharing this with you because it's funny. But I got this email back from the guy that he was working with. And he said, do you not understand? Does, does this venue, Bible News Radio, not understand that we're a secular show, we have the F word, we do, <laughs> we're promoting everything, you know, immoral. <laughs> and, and so he came back to me and he said, well, what am I supposed to do? And I said, well, tell them that we're doing a segment called Who in the World, you know, get the, get the double meaning of who in the world, because, you know, it's somebody in the world, right? Not in the church. Sure. Anyway, long story short, they ended up not you know, they took me off the list and stopped pitching Bible news radio. But my point in bringing that up is that even though they know nothing about me or how I use my show, the very fact that the name of the show has Bible in the title convicts people like that. And they know, they actually know, you know what, this would not be good for that audience. And again, I, I just go back and I, when I tell people, it's like, it's just cultural apologetics. It's saying, why is that? You know, if the Bible is influential and if we don't have the basis that we have for that, then why not pitch that person? Why wouldn't these heathen want to come on Bible news radio to promote their garbage? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting though, too, Stacy, we're, we're living in this time in America, we're living on the cultural residue Mm-hmm. of the influence of the Bible. We, are, we have um, piggyback values that really get back to the Judeo-Christian tradition that our forefathers had. And it's because of that that we have the freedom that we enjoy. It's because of that those atheists can make those television programs where they denigrate the Bible. But they are not able to do that. They don't have the freedom in the kind of cultures that are created by an anti Bible society. That includes, by the way, atheistic type uh, societies. Uh, so, for example, in the Soviet Union, you did not have the freedom to disagree with, with Joseph Stalin, even if you were an atheist atheist. You just didn't have that freedom. And, you know, under Adolf Hitler, who also was very anti-Christian, very anti-Bible. I mean, he, he said at one point he was at war with the Ten Commandments, you know, in that crazed God of the deserts with his power to make thou shalt and thou shalt not and so forth. And uh, he basically was declaring war against the Judeo-Christian tradition. And you didn't have the freedom to disagree with, you know, the Fuhrer, the the leader. I remember one of the, I, I was reading in the Time magazine from the 1940s. I, I you know, got a reprint of this, obviously. But uh, it was the guy that said, he was a Lutheran minister, and he said, well, first they came for the communists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for the Catholics, and I didn't speak out because I was a Catholic. I wasn't a Catholic. You know, and he goes on and on and on saying that. And uh, anyway, bottom line is this man said, and it was quoted in Time Magazine 1940, he said, God and Jesus is my Fuhrer, meaning leader, not Adolf Hitler. 
And uh, his, by the way, he was a uh, a Christian man who was a pastor, and he even had a service on the radio. And when the Nazis took over, they cut the service while it was actually, you know, uh, happening. And then he ended up in a concentration camp and so forth. And he was one of the many Christians. By the way, we always hear about the six million Jews that were killed in the Holocaust, and we should. Well, we should. But we also should know and recognize the 6 to 11 million. We don't even know the exact number of non-Jews that were also killed in the, in the whole Holocaust uh, from the Nazis. Many of those were Christians. Uh, and by the way, one out of six of the 6 million Jews that were killed were professing Christians, according to David Barrett, mm -hmm. uh, a church statistician who is now dead. But bottom line is uh, there were a lot of Christians who opposed what the Nazis were doing because – they were developing a society that was anti-Bible. It was pro, you know, heathen and and so forth. It was it was kind of like, hey, let's let's revive the old Norsk gods and goddesses. And Hitler felt he got his calling during the uh, operas of watching the operas of Richard Wagner, and you know, which celebrated the the old uh, you know Odin and Thor and Free and these. By the way, those names, uh, those names of those Norwegian gods, they're still with us today. Uh, Odin's dog is Wednesday. I had to marry a Norwegian to find this out. Wednesday, tomorrow, you know, Wednesday is Odin's dog, Odin, Odin's day. Uh, that's one of those Norwegian gods, you know, terrible stuff, uh, as opposed to, you know, the Christian side of things. Uh, Friday is Freeze Dog. Thursday is Thor's Day. Um, again, I learned this from my Norwegian wife. <laughs> but uh, yeah, interesting, in interesting thing. But the bottom line is, when cultures are based on the Bible, which is the case of uh, you know North America, not that we got it perfect, but it, it made a huge difference when the key founders and settlers of America were basing things on the scriptures. Uh, it, it, it made for a very positive thing. To this day, people are willing to risk their lives from other countries to try and come here to America to enjoy the freedoms we enjoy. But uh, we are losing those freedoms because we move away further and further from the Bible. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping and praying that, you know, as we continue to walk with the Lord, all of us that are his his image bearers and we we have the light you know that you know we get bolder and i think your book is definitely yeah. going to help people do that how can they well thank you sure uh yeah the book is called american amnesia mm -hmm. the publisher is nordskog and uh jerry newcomb.com uh has it right in the front so if you go to that website you can see the articles i write the radio shows i do the the books, et cetera, but it's right there on the, the top banner, American Amnesia. Yeah. I, I love pretty much everything that Nordskog Publishing puts out. Um, yeah. I think they're great. I actually interviewed Mrs. Nordskog, so it was Oh, awesome. good. Gail, yes. Great. Yeah, it was, it was an honor to interview her on our show about her book not too long ago. but, but Super. And Dr. Kennedy's books, your show has just been a beacon, I think, in our culture. And I think people need to watch that. So how can they watch that? Yes, uh, djameskennedy.org 
or if you can remember the initials of DJKM, as in DJamesKennedyMinistries.org. The name of the program is Truths That Transform, and you can see it uh, on a regular basis. Uh, and for example, we had a program just, uh, just recently in reference to abortion, and we had this true life testimony of this lady that used to run. She was a manager of one of the Planned Parenthood clinics. And then she saw a sonogram of an abortion in her own clinic, and she realized what the poor uh, preborn baby was up against. And it just opened her eyes. She got out of the business right away. She said, never again. She would never participate in abortion. And now she's strongly pro-life. Abby Johnson is her name. And she started a ministry to help other people transition out of the abortion industry. And that ministry is called, and then there were none. And she's one of the guests, you know, in one of the recent programs of D James Kennedy ministries, truths that transform. Yeah. See, I think that's so cool. And, you know, I mean, I've been watching that show since Janet, uh, Folger now Porter. Oh yes. Now well, Porter. Uh-huh. And that's how long, that's how long I've been. I, I've known, I followed you guys' ministry. That's Great. A long time, as you know. <laughs> All Good. Right. Dr. Jerry Newcomb is our guest, everybody. Hey, if this conversation didn't encourage you to go get the book, I don't know what will, man. Just saying, because if I was you, I'd go buy it right now and get it for a Christmas gift or an Easter gift or somebody for somebody. Just saying so you know. <laughs> Okay? So, um, thank you for being my guest. I, I hope. Sure. You know, I get your call. Well, oh, thank you. Thank you, Stacy, for having me. And uh, let's not make the... The next time, uh, you know, we have the pause so long. <laughs> and in other words, let's do it more, uh, more frequently than, than uh, it's been a while. In other words, yeah, no, thank I you. Would, I would love to. I appreciate so it. We'll make that happen. Great. Okay. All right. So, did I do that? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, how'd you? Can you guys hear me? Okay. This my headset doesn't work. Randall, can you hear me? Okay. Fine. Yes. Okay. So there you go. That was the interview with Dr. Jerry Nor Newcomb. <laughs> I was going to say Nordskog. It's not Nordskog. Skog. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, I have like five copies of this available. If you want to buy it through our website, just send a donation of $30. $30 and I will also include a magnetic bookmarker for you. If you order through my website. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was a very interesting conversation, and I'm going to have Jerry on uh, uh, more. But I want to hear because I know we got you know we're we're almost done with the show. But tell me what you think. Put a put a comment or put a one or a two. Put a one if you really like this type of interview, uh, or, or put a two if you're like, eh, that was super like boring, and I never want to hear a show like this ever again. Uh, <laughs> so all or nothing. That's what we're. <laughs> that's what I'm asking you for. Uh, no, you can, you can put a three if you're like, that was good. I know I, I want to get him on video. I might have to train him on zoom so that he can get on zoom to do another interview. That would be more fun to watch while, um, while it's playing. But, uh, Randall, thank you for putting up the pictures and flipping back and forth, listening to the whole thing. What'd you think of it? What'd you think of the interview? You're asking me, I take it. Yep. Can't hear myself very there's, well. But... There's like a delay. Yeah. Check one, two. Testing. Do you want me to turn that up for you? Yeah. It'd be good. Something like there that. There you go. Yeah. Okay. How's that? Okay. Better. Yeah. All right. It, like I say, there's He's... a lot. 
he's brilliant. Yeah, there was there was much to it. Great content, good information, and yeah, something I've known. But it's great that he's able to cite dates and names and things like that to to make the case of of you know so-called separation clause, even though the the word separation appears nowhere in that clause of the first or anywhere. Well, there is a separation of powers, I think. Maybe separation appears somewhere in the Constitution. Maybe it doesn't. Second thought, maybe the word doesn't appear anywhere in the Constitution. Anyway, let alone the First Amendment, you know, the uh, whole separation of church and state. There's, you know, again, they call it the separation clause that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. Yeah, it wasn't for them to establish a religion or or favor one above another in terms of any establishment, any denomination. Um, an establishment of religion, not a religion, and all religion must go and die. Right. Um, anyway, but... It's great that, you know, stating that history from the Puritans on, and there, it wasn't like there was a broken chain suddenly come 1798. It's like, oh, we've got to become totally secular now. You know, there's this tradition and understanding of, of you know, life, liberty, and the pr- pr- pursuit of happiness, you know, coming for our, from, from our creator. And anyway, but yeah. Great, great interview. I wish that you were louder in the recording, but, but yeah, you know, we had great things to say, and so fortunately we could hear him really well. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I recorded it through my computer on Zoom, so it's, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> all that. So, all right. Well, I will definitely. Uh, he writes a column every week for World Net Daily. In fact, that's what really what this book is. It is a compilation of of uh of his columns and let me just read you some of the titles here really fast as i open up to the table of contents so he's got titles such as columbus day or indigenous people's day (laughs) america has christian roots give thanks to the source of our national greatness what's in your wallet providence and the pilgrims the history of thanksgiving holiday i'm just gonna go scroll through through here um just so you know george washington worshiped here is patriotism uncool uh look what they left off the martin luther king memorial liberal talk host says national anthem should go controversy surrounding the nfl and the national anthem why does caper nick protest fatherlessness uh reagan at 100 uh there's an appeal to christians who plan to sit out this election shooting at frc overcoming hate with love what is hate and who defines it? That's PLC, by the way. That's the Southern Poverty Law Center. Anyway, bottom line is there's 115 different articles in here uh, that make up the book. So, like I said, $30 plus, uh, I'll throw in a magnet for you, bookmarker. Which, by the way, mag- magnetic bookmarkers are so cool. They really are. Um, <clears throat> also, don't forget Legal Shield and Identity Theft Protection. Uh, you know, this is the end of the month. So if this is something that you've been thinking about getting, uh, it would be really good if you got it today or tomorrow at the very, very latest, then we can get, um, you know, we could actually get our bonus. If, <clears throat> if I had one more person signed up for, for our full membership, which is legal shield, 
for $24.95 a month in identity theft insurance. Uh, for $9.95, that's like a full person with an individual. It's $24.95 for both if you get family. Um, one more person, then I would meet my, my, my goal and get a bonus, which would help Bible News Radio out. Um, so, you know, if you've been thinking about it and you're like, ah, I, I want to wait until February, actually today would be better to do it <laughs> for my for my purposes. Uh, but if you need to wait until tomorrow or February, then <clears throat> then just let me know. I'll be happy to sign you up. You can go to bit.ly forward slash L-O-J, which stands for Lady of Justice 2019. If you're listening to the replay on the podcast, that's all caps, just so you know. Okay? Right there. By the way, see my muscle? I've been lifting weights. Yeah, I have. Anyway, uh, (laughs) you're not going to be able to see the the buff, Stacey, until like at the end of the year. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, anyway. All right, you guys, I got to go. I have a tutoring session with with somebody. So this should be interesting. Never met the person yet, so I'm going to do a tutoring session. So anyway, I hope, I hope the show, I hope you liked it. So send me your feedback uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have Jerry on again. He's a good guy. And he's actually one of the top Christian people in like Christian media and, and stuff. So if you didn't share this out, please share it out. Okay. All right. All right. Remember, be bold, stand up and go with God because you've been thoroughly educated properly. Oops. But you haven't been indoctrinated. So there you go. All right, Grover's upset. So we're going to go now. See you later.